everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 94. Today we're going to get to go over what we've been watching, followed by a review of a new Studio Ghibli film, and then our main review of the Disney Plus slash theatrical release of Raya and the Last Dragon. Without further ado, let's get into what we've been watching. Hey, what you watching? Alright guys, it's uh, another lovely couple weeks. A lot of shows to watch, a lot of movies coming out. Let's see. I don't think Marco. we play, wa- read any books. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah, <I'll see. laughs> be honest one of right these now, days, one of us is going to be like, actually, I read something. So. I finally finished a book. Somebody's I'm in the middle like, of something. but Somebody stops oh, yeah. while they're driving or something like, what the fuck? There's no way. <laughs> The shock. The shock just, you know, slows down all momentum. That's what we do here. As soon as we say we were on a book, they just go pull up their phone, go to unsubscribe. They're like, bang. (laughs) (laughs) It's not what I signed up for. Movie movie pals pop my ass. Fucking false advertisement. Who the fuck are these guys? (laughs) Well, Marco, what have you been watching or maybe reading? Nothing. You can skip me. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wonder if people hate this joke that we have. <laughs> I know every yeah, fucking many... pod. I bet if someone's like, "Oh, they're gonna joke that they're fucking didn't do this," and they skip yeah. these dumb fucks. They're gonna say, like, but guess what? We're gonna keep doing it. Month it never stops. Hell, pods care. have their freaking inside jokes and stuff. Like, if you've been with us for a while, then you're kind of expecting it, and you feel like part of the team. So, yeah. I mean, if you, if you didn't uh, like know, like, yeah, Nabil sometimes records that shirt on. Like, it happens. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm at home. Sometimes I'm not. He's got a nose matter. ring. There's a chain. It goes into his shirt. It attaches to something. That's all I'm saying. So. We're not going to tell you what it is, though. So exotic. Comment below and try to guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a few things. I've had this voice in the back of my head. Not going to say it's James's voice or anything, but a voice that's saying I need to watch more movies. So I've been sort of convincing myself to put the TV shows down and start watching movies. So did you, did you get the pro stuff for Letterboxd? You son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I I may have for, for my birthday. Maybe I I still need to fuck with some of those settings though, but I'll get to it eventually. We might have a Letterboxd (laughs) section. Who knows? Shit. I don't know. (laughs) I, we, we could, That would be a nice segment to have. Maybe just yeah, like a little once in a while type of thing. Hmm. What's on your litter box? Let me note that. Oh, there we second. go. Look, we just we just named it right now. What's on your litter box? Anyway. Somebody's like, these guys are rambling thing. like fuck today. <laughs> just, <laughs> just name the first that. thing that pops Sorry. up on your litter box. You're like, mm, I, pr- I probably shouldn't. Sorry. <laughs> 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 you don't want to know this one. But all, all jokes aside, I saw Coming to America, not the sequel, because I know it has the number two in the title and not yeah. spelled out. I saw the original coming to America from 1988 starring Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall and a bunch of other people. It's like a freaking all-star cast. And if you haven't seen it, it's a comedy from, like I said, 1988 and it's uh, basically about a, uh, a King or a Prince. I'm sorry, from a uh, country in Africa that is coming to America in order to find his bride because his parents, the king and the queen, want him to wed into an arranged marriage, and he's totally not about it. He wants to go find someone that's not just going to be obeying his every command, but someone that will 
also have some intellect and um, someone he can fall in love with uh, their mind, so to speak. So that's the basic plot without giving anything away. The trailer of this movie actually gives away a lot more, believe it or not. So if you want to pique your interest, go and just YouTube the, the freaking trailer. Or watch the movie on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime Video, like I did. So I haven't seen this movie in, in years, which is why I, I wanted to see it in preparation for the sequel. Because I'm going to see it sometime this week or next week. And I got to say, I was a little wary about it at first. Because of the decade it was made in, in the 80s. And I was like, oh man, there's going to be a lot of sexist shit on this. But no, actually this movie is really much ahead of its time. It, it's it's a fantastic fucking movie. Although the director himself is a piece of shit. The cast themselves like are amazing. The performances are great. Eddie Murphy is a much different character in this than his other movies. He's more... I guess toned down. He's not, you know, fast talking. He's not throwing jokes every other yeah. line. He really immer- immerses himself into uh, into the character that he's playing, Prince Akeem. And I'm also quite impressed with Arsenio Hall too. Like I knew that he was a pretty decent actor, but both of them kind of riffing off each other works for this movie. And it's nice to see a story about you know two male characters that are well at least one of them is actually trying to you know portray a woman as less of a sex object and more of an actual true partner that he wants to share his life with and that's actually like a, a, something really different especially like I said for the era the jokes I mean you know some of them for for the time you know they they might kind of get a glare or two, but for the most part, they hold up. It's still funny. It's still hilarious. I had a great time with it. I saw this one with family and because we were all getting ready for the, the sequel. And it, it was just a nice, joyful ride. I, I highly recommend it if you haven't seen this movie or if you are unfamiliar with any of Eddie Murphy's work, if you've been living under a rock. But yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie still. I just saw it for the first time, by the way, as well. Well, not uh, not as well as you. I mean, I've always seen parts of it. Yeah. But I finally watched it, so uh, in anticipation of the sequel as well. And yeah, I liked it a lot. I was telling yeah. Bill about it. I was, and I was not really a spoiler, but I also noticed, because I stalk you, <laughs> that you watch Trading Places. <laughs> and I'm kind of glad that you watch these both back-to-back, because there's kind of a little Easter oh, yeah. egg yeah, yeah, coming yeah. to America. Yeah, uh, yeah, the two characters from there are in uh, the movie. Yeah, I also watched yeah. The Golden Child, and that's a movie you shouldn't watch. So. <laughs> I've heard. <laughs> Eddie Murphy himself has actually been known to trash that movie. Yeah. So, yeah. It was He's, weird. It was yeah. weird. It was a weird one. <laughs> I I think saw a lot of Eddie Murphy in the last two yeah. weeks here, just so you know. So He's he's very self-aware that that movie is trash. Yeah. But yeah, aside from that, I also saw and finished WandaVision on Disney+. Plus the new MCU or Marvel Cinematic TV show that's supposed to also connect to their movies. And if you've been living under a rock, then you're probably not aware that there's a continuing story with Wanda and the Vision after Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Pretty much, like, and this is all in the trailer, I'm not going to spoil the freaking show because there's probably people who still haven't seen it. Yeah. Basically, they're help. from the trailers like they're they're trapped in some sort of weird universe or world where they're inside like TV shows from different decades 
and they're living their life kind of like a married couple and living in the suburbs and having like nosy neighbors and stuff like that. And you're, you're basically drawn into this show trying to figure out like what's going on. Like, why is this happening? And is this reality? Is this fake? Is this a dream? You don't know. You're, you're sort of like getting a slow reveal. And I mean a really slow reveal throughout the entire show. It starts off as a very like slow burn where like the first couple episodes, which were released right away, actually the first three were released right away. Like you're not really given much to go with. You're just kind of like watching this and you're like, oh, okay, I'm watching a, a 50 show. All right. Now I'm watching like a 60 show. Like, but little by little, they throw in like little clues in each episode to kind of let you know what's going on. If you stick around like till like the fourth episode, they're finally starting to explain like what's going on and, and, and why this is happening. And I think it's very much worth the payoff. I, I think it's also worth watching the performances of Wanda and also the vision. Elizabeth Olsen really shows off her acting chops. And I was very much quite impressed with what they did with her and her character also with the vision. Cause I mean, they're, they're really much more like side characters in, in the series. You really don't know much about them. And this is like essentially Wanda's origin story. And uh, I saw this with like uh, my brother too. And like, even he was saying like, this is kind of like her trilogy, like even like the length of the entire series, because each episode is like only like half an hour long. He's like, this could essentially be like Wanda's trilogy and her origin, like her true origin into the MCU. Right. And it works that way. There was like a lot of like hype for some Easter eggs and some connections to other things and other properties in this that may or may not happen. And I just I'm just going to say, like, temper your your expectations and just take it as face value and and really think of this more like kind of like a more like a, a character piece on an MCU character or a couple of MCU characters. But it's it's very well entertaining. I, I like the originality of it, the fact that they decided to go this route and make it kind of wacky and different rather than just like action all the time and then story in the background. It's it's pretty much a very story driven TV show and I know a lot of people were not prepared for that. So, I mean, just, you know, go with it with an open mind. I think it's worth it. And plus, and this has been stated in interviews, so I'm not really spoiling anything, but this this show is supposed to supposedly connect to the next Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange and the Madness, Multiverse of Madness. So, give it a shot if you have Disney+. Plus. What did you think about this show, Nabil? I was going to make, this is almost a topic last week, by the way, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree in the sense that it is a slow burn, but... I kind of enjoyed just seeing what they did with with each episode and made it kind of unique with, with each decade of the sitcom and they yeah. because it is supposed to be a series that they they just kind of teased a little bit each episode. I the ending was okay. Uh, My neighbor's dog agrees. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not bad, not good. I that was it's just a a good kind of teaser into the next thing, but. The series as a whole, I was I was pretty content with it. I don't would I give it a, a rewatch and maybe not, but uh, it was enjoyable enough, especially from the aspect of the character pieces to get to know more about uh, the Scarlet Witch and the Vision as well. So yeah. I enjoyed it from that aspect of it. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I'm more I'm more so even worse than you. I guess I thought it was okay. I yeah. a very slow burn in the beginning. I don't know if it needed three episodes to get to that point and to even start moving. But I mean, I get it. They're, they're doing a burn of it to kind of set up what's going on. And then the eventual reveal when it, whenever, when it goes straight to like becoming a Marvel thing again, it's when it's like, it loses a lot of its steam too, though. 
right? I, I think like, that's that's probably right. like the one thing I, I agree there, James. That I yeah. think is is the weak weaker aspect of this show. I think that also some of the action is a little bit lackluster. But I when don't it, think like when that's, it happens, I would say there's yeah. very yeah, little action. Yeah, it, it's thing, but so. I I don't think like that's the point. And like even I had to kind of sit on it and be like, did did I really enjoy this? And uh, in the end, I I ended up deciding that I did just because of the fact that they did things a little differently. Mm-hmm. Like the action isn't supposed to be the forefront of everything. No, the CGI the also kind is, of it's lacks it's one a little it's, bit. You know, Scarlet Witch and Vision for fuck's sake, people yeah don't have. I mean, especially in the MCU kind of verse, I guess. Yeah, they aren't the but, most popular characters, I guess. So it's nice that they got exactly somewhat of a highlight, I guess. But I mean, I hope. Uh, what is it? Falcon and the Winter Soldier coming out in two weeks. Yep, absolutely crushes it. So I mean, that seems go. more like their status quo. I, if anything, I appreciate the fact that they decided to go an alternate route. And like you said, like these characters, they're yeah. like C-listers, so and they're going to be continuing supposedly in the MCU. So yeah, they got to see yeah. if can these people like carry a movie or can they carry a property forward now that you know the. I think it's the smart they did it as a, a TV show, but it also could have easily been a two-hour long movie too. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and gotten the point right. across. They probably should have gone that route. Disney but. likes to make sure we're subscribed for two months. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I know what the fuck they're doing. So. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I know why Smart they only character. have a gap between the two next shows. So it's like, okay, <laughs> only one week, huh? Got to still stay fucking uh, set up for this. So, But, uh, uh, yeah. Good, good aside stuff. Aside from that, just real quick, I also saw the Back to Future trilogy because... I, I was telling these guys I was listening to a podcast. I was reviewing them, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and watch this. And... uh Spoiler alert, the trilogy still holds up. Yeah. It's no fucking spoiler fantastic. alert for that, bro. I don't know, shit, I already know yet. that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I bought that shit in 4K. It looks even better in 4K. Yeah, it absolutely does. If you haven't seen it in 4K, then find some way to do that because it, it looks amazing that way. Yeah, they cleaned and up a lot of the little... The Blu-ray was a good transfer, but the 4K is even better, I think. So. Yeah. I was amazed I two. at finding out that uh, I guess a lot of people didn't like Part two, and I'm like, man, I really like Back to the Future too. So, so we don't like number three. Future. Yeah, I thought it was it's got a higher Rotten like... Tomato score. Surprisingly enough, that Part two is like around the 60s, and three is like an really? 80. Yeah, yep. Hmm. It's weird. Perhaps I need to rewatch all of them back to back again one day. Yeah, in 4K. But yeah, that's all I've been watching. What about? Cool. It's a given, Nabil. What about you, Nabil? What have you been watching? Oh. Uh well, I've been a bit wholesome. There's I've a reason I went some... to you next. <laughs> <laughs> I I haven't been watching oh, too I'm many. Yet. I'm prime. Let's go. Yeah, ready. <laughs> I, I, I can I gotta, see that. I got some surefire things. Uh, I I watched the new Tom and Jerry film that came out on HBO Max. Okay, that wasn't the reason, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it it's basically an adaptation of the original cartoon series, the Hanna Barbera cartoon. Uh, and it's, it's really, it's okay. It's, I don't know. I don't know how to even say I'll have what this it's, guy smoking. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wow. not aimed for me, um, or any of us. Is I it would though? Say. Isn't it? You sure? Cause I don't know if kids know who Tom and Jerry are. <laughs> I would hope they did. Cause I, I they was don't. A... I'm going to let you know right now. I had a house full of kids. None of them are like, who's Tom and Jerry? Really? That's Oh fuck. Yeah. This movie would have tanked if it came out in theaters. Oh I mean, yeah, technically I think it did it come out in theaters. 
Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I would say, well, I mean, like, I've been, I've always been a big fan of Tom and Jerry. It's one of my favorite cartoons as a kid. I'd watch that all the time on the reruns. Uh, and so I was kind of looking forward to seeing this film. And then when... Were you looking forward? I, do you like, I hope that they make it so that there's a pointless plot with humans that takes away from the Tom Yeah, and that's... It's kind of what you had... I, I kind of read a bit of your review, James. And yeah, the, the fact that they went with uh the cg aspect with the live you know live action like, as well do poor cg with live action it's you know they, like, did, they it did it with like the rocky the bullwinkle show yeah they did it with you know i told just, you man they don't know how to handle the hanna-barbera properties man it doesn't make any why. sense why they even do this yeah, yeah. why not just I make mean, a fully animated movie then they really should you know it's, it would be fine as a 2d feature-length film um, you could still be creative. I mean, they did it. They did an okay job with that first Smurfs film, but even then, it was like, you know, it was rough. Neil Patrick Harris was really the big seller. I'm there. gonna mute uh, Nibbles' mic. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I mean, there's the a reason the SpongeBob okay. movies are knocking out of the park. They're fully animated. Well, there is a reason, you know? right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no real plot here. They try to put one in at the, where they're at a hotel and they're essentially there to to catch it doesn't you know, i mean Tom's it doesn't, it doesn't a, matter a what the plot is you know? it doesn't even matter what the plot is yeah. chloe Gars, grace moretz is like i don't know how much they paid her for this but like obviously wasn't enough because she just phoned it in <laughs> you That's know some of the I, worst I, acting i've ever seen in my fucking she, life she was in an interview and she said that she actually learned a lot doing this film <laughs> Acting. wow because if i saw that a, as a director i'd be like make sure we never hire her she did a lot of improving because she didn't you know they acted in front of like a tennis ball or something not knowing I could, was gonna you be can tell animation. there's a scene where she high fives someone and she's not looking at fucking tom yeah she wasn't looking at i was like you're looking at the left too. i was like oh no no one fixed it damn <laughs> sorry i don't mean to keep cutting in no but this is the no you're absolutely you're absolutely so right though Nabil gave it, it three was, out of five out of Letterboxd, though, so he thought it was decent. I thought it was okay. For what we it was. each other. Yeah, it was... It was uh, I saw it, that, it and I was sickened. I was fucking <laughs> sickened. I saw it last night, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, I'll wait, I'll wait. And I was like, I'm, maybe he maybe he saw it with a group of people, and they were all just laughing their ass off. Or, and then I thought I, of, like... I mean, I laughed at the, the moments where it was just Tom and Jerry... They were chasing after each other, or, or when they were out, like especially near yeah, the beginning where yeah. he was trying to get into the hotel. Those parts were kind of funny because that kind of was the reminiscence. And like Jerry uh, has that uh, that like swag to him, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cute. But I mean, that's the only thing that works. All the live action stuff was garbage. I'll be honest. You know, Colin Jost, Chloe, uh, and then the wedding subplot, the whole wedding like, plot. Oh, the that, it was it was all. And then Chloe bad. Grace Moretz is like such a shitty character in this movie. Like she yeah. lies and steals <laughs> someone's fucking resume to and get for the somehow job. she's redeemed. Like she's yeah, then everyone's cool the at the end. Like, yeah, and I was like, what? I was like, who wrote this? And then I saw that the guy, his last film was the Shaft movie, and I was like, oh okay, <laughs> this makes sense now. All like right, the <laughs> the '90s one? Oh, is that who? The the early 2000s? Was Shaft? I was wondering where the guy was from. No, the wow. one that just came out like a year ago. Oh. Yeah. With with the trilogy that combined all the shafts, yeah, all three shafts, yeah. Mm-hmm. It made sense after I saw that. I was like, okay, I'll give, him, I'll, give him a, I'll give him a little slip. Yeah, so you know, Tom and Jerry. St- apparently, the kids won't know what it is either, and this is not a way to introduce them to it. So, if you want to show them who Tom and Jerry is, find some old YouTube videos of it, or maybe it's, it's streaming. I think most of those are canceled out now, though. The bill. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so uh, although Nikki Jam is a thug cat in here. 
So you he guys is are a, he is a hookhead. Kind of racist. You guys are saying um, just skip it. No, Nabil's yeah. definitely recommending it. I don't know what I'm saying. No, this is the worst film of 2021 for so far for me. But I mean, whatever. Yeah, Fuck. it's still Young James. <laughs> just saying. Got to start up. I mean, I saw The Grudge first day of 2020 last year, and that didn't change my opinion ever. So yeah, I was true. with you. Mm. Yeah, I was still like, can't you can't get worse than this. Two hours back, and then it did. Anyways, you know, I'm just giving a lot of shit in the bill, but no, that I didn't, I didn't like that one. It has. Yeah, I mean, I I will admit though, Nabil, it did have potential. I will say that much. Yeah, the, the it was it was the I mean, the big portion of the film again was the live action stuff, and that that just didn't go well. But if they just kept with the animation part, I think it would have been a fine film for kids. I like last thing. I I think that they were trying to go for like a like a Roger Rabbit kind of vibe, and it just never right. worked that way. Yeah. Well, speaking about uh, on the other side of the animation things, I, I actually got a chance to also watch the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, that uh, came out <laughs> in Paramount Plus just uh, last week. And this is essentially a story that I feel like I've seen many times with the SpongeBob series, where SpongeBob essentially <laughs> lost his snail Gary and he has to go and yeah. find him. Yeah. So that's happened quite a bit. Uh, this is all has, yeah. CG. <laughs> So, James, I know you saw this, and I had mentioned to you about the animation style, how their choice of how it was kind of weird because it, yeah. it looked like it was animated, you know, like 2D, but it obviously was very much 3D. Mm -hmm. What did you think about that animation style? It was cool. It's almost like a realistic kind of, uh, of look of it, I guess. It's all, I, I wrote down in my review, like, it's almost like stop motion. Almost, kind of, right? Yeah, it's like, almost like you're like looking the at animation, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the vibe they were going for because it gives kind of a, it's like a somewhat realistic. Because I know the last movie that came out, what was it, 2015, 2014? Yeah, th that one I that hadn't one, seen about the water. Yeah, that like one they uh, they actually go 3D for the first time in that one. It goes from cartoon to 3D when they go to the real world. So yeah. this one just sticks to one style throughout the whole thing, and I, I, it worked for me. It, it looked it looked uh, cool. So. Right, I agree. I think the animation was really good. The story was, I mean, it's SpongeBob. So what I liked about it is that you felt like you were watching a long episode of SpongeBob. Essentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was there was singing. There was a lot of singing. There was a lot uh, of cameos. A lot, a of, lot cameos. of cameos. They threw those in. Um, out of nowhere, and, by the way. I was like, what? Yeah, you just didn't expect them. They're like, oh, this person's in here something. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, he's only here like a minute, but that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. And 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 it was just you know nothing. Nothing more than you would want from just a SpongeBob film. So it was a good watch. I thought it was worth uh, worth the time spent on it, and it didn't feel like it was too long. Uh, and the again, the animation really kind of get drawing me in. It, it was at first a little weird to see, but as I continue to watch it, it you you kind of felt the the same charm that you got from the animated series. I agree. I liked it a lot. So I watched it with my uh, niece and nephew. They came over, and so. I was like, you guys want to watch this? Because uh, I have yet Uncle to watch Mikey a SpongeBob movie. Login, so, oh, really? There's three of them. Yeah, yeah I need to. I've been meaning to get to it. Maybe so, I will yeah. finally. The first yeah. one's really good too. Yeah, I got a soft spot for the first one too. So, yeah. uh, so that's what I've been watching. What about you, James? What have you been watching? So I watched a variety of movies. I'm gonna go over three of them if I got time. Because yeah. I also use Mikey's login for Paramount Plus. <laughs> and I watched Elizabethtown because I've been going to all the uh, Paramount uh, Presents line stuff. 
It's like 16 movies. I just knocked them out today, finally. Oh, shit. And some of them were not good. But yeah. this one, I feel like a lot of people forgot this movie existed, man. I think this is a Cameron Crowe movie. Uh, came out 2005. It's about a guy named Drew Baylor. He is, uh, he's fired from his company because he designs shoes and he loses them like a billion dollars or something like that. And he basically finds out that his dad just died, so he goes to Elizabethtown, and on the way there, he meets a flight attendant played by Kristen Dunst, and they, uh, she helps him to rediscover like the joys of life because like he's in the down in the dumps. And I really like this movie. I thought it was super good. I don't know why I never have seen it before. I, I've it, it didn't do too well with critics and like, but I thought there was a lot of charm to this whole movie. Kristen Dunst is really good in this movie. She has a kind of girl next door vibe and like this sweetness to her character that's really kind of heartwarming because uh, Drew's going through the death of his father and that's like a rough time and he doesn't quite know how to cope with it because he wasn't as close and he has a lot of regrets and such and I think the movie does a really good job of him showing him getting past that and realizing like, what family really means and stuff like that and the joys of life and just even like the little things in life of just you know driving down the road and just admiring things, and I, I really, really like this movie a lot. So, Elizabethtown. Have you guys seen it? The Bill, maybe you? I have not seen it. My wife had, had seen it because we were looking at maybe watching it, and she had told oh, yeah, me I think it. I, t- I think I asked you about this, right? Yeah. yeah, and she had told me the same thing, kind of the same thing you said, that it, it was very sweet and it, it's better than you expected to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I personally had not seen the film. I want to see it, but no, I haven't seen it either. Uh, I would I would say check it out. I think you guys would be pleasant. Once again, it came out in 2005, so I was what, like a senior in high school when this came out. So this is one of those movies maybe back then I was like, I don't want to watch that kind of shit. But nowadays, well. now that I'm older, <laughs> I think I appreciated it. I appreciate the story a lot more because it's a little bit more relatable. So, Well, I too have Paramount Plus, so I may just check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh. Mikey added a different profile in here. Others, okay. <laughs> uh, I also watched a movie. I, I wrote down that it's on HBO Max, but actually, I've owned this movie for like two years at this point. I just have yet to get to it. So uh, this is 2019's Queen and Slim. It's basically about uh, two people that are on the run from the police after they kill a cop in self-defense, and they are kind of inspiring to people because it's almost like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of a, a vibe to the whole film in a way. But it's also like the two begin a budding romance between each other. So, uh, did you guys see this one? I have not. That's on my list. Unfortunately, I've not oh, seen wow. it. Oh wow! I thought you guys saw. I thought one of you guys saw this. No, um, I think one of our guests saw it and brought it up on the pod. I want to say Jill saw it. I want to say it was Jill too. Yeah, she yeah. told me about it, and then also one of my old bosses told me like uh, 2019. This was like his old, like his favorite film of that year. Yeah, so my neighbor's dog's saying that it was definitely Jill. Because but yeah, <laughs> and. Because I remember it made me want to watch it even more, and then I saw it uh, that we got it on the voodoo, and I was like, "You almost oh, gotta like be in the vibe for it, though, or in the mood for it." I would say it's one of those movies where it's like, um, it's pretty heavy, I think, by the especially yeah. by the end of it all. And I think there's a lot of times where the uh, it, it it's a bit of a slow burn in the middle half too. I'll say that much. There's not it, it doesn't it's not exactly the fastest paced film. It starts out really quick. Cause obviously, you know, there are two on like a kind of a, almost a blind date at one point and then they go out and then this shit happens. And they're like, we got to like stick together and get the hell out of here and try to escape the police. And they're, you know, they're being hunted down and such, but I, I really liked it a lot. It has a really, it's got a lot of powerful messages in it. And I think that the, the way that it was shot is, is shot really well too, man. So I really like that, but uh, I would recommend it. Awesome. Check it out. So yeah, I'll probably be watching it this week. 
Uh, yeah. And finally, I know this is something that Marco wants to talk about too. I watched The Fly on uh, it's a 1986 <laughs> film. Yes. <laughs> it's a Cronenberg film, so you know it's got body horror and shit like that. I saw this on Stars because I signed up for that um, five bucks for like six months bullshit, and I was like, okay. Uh, so The Fly is a remake of the 1958 film, the same name. It's about a scientist named Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum, who basically transforms into or starts to begin to transform into a fly because he has a device that is a teleportation device that you never really see go that far. It's only from like one side of the room to the other. Just think about that. <laughs> Just think about it. He's like, I can't really prove that it goes that far, guys. Uh, and basically, a fly is in there at one point, and then it goes. And it, at first, he feels fine, and then the fly genes start taking over, and he starts morphing into a, a fucking freak. <laughs> Brundle fly. Brundle, yeah. And he starts looking more and more like Baxter Stockman from fucking Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so, uh, I've never seen that. I actually, I take it back. I've seen parts of it when I was a kid, but I've, there's no way I saw all this as a kid, man. There's this. Did this it make you want to eat a donut? No, <laughs> maybe when he, he just adds so much sugar to his coffee too. At one point, I was like, "Jeez, big guy, relax." Yeah, because he has fly tendencies, right? <laughs> um, I really, dude, it's cool because like Jeff Goldblum kind of fits this character so well too. It's hard to imagine anyone else that could be that because you know Jeff Goldblum's kind of quirky and weird, so right. it, it fits that kind of like genius scientist level of like a a guy that would probably do some shit like this is what I'm getting at. So like it fits the character really well, and uh, for the most part, I I liked it a lot. Like it was definitely not a movie that I thought I would like so much, but this is kind of right up my alley of the kind of stuff. And I do like Cronenberg stuff. I've seen I've seen most of his things, but this one is it sticks with his whole body horror theme. Yeah, so. it's, it's one of his good ones. I'm glad you saw this yeah. one because th- this one I have a soft spot for, and I told you this since I was a little kid. Because yeah, I saw this one when I was a kid. Crazy, wild, I know. We had HBO when I was a kid. It was on HBO, just, and uh, yeah. <laughs> ended up watching it. And they're just, they're just my brother and I would freak each other out watching The Fly. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see that. This is one of those movies too that, um, because it uses practical effects, though it it, uh, it holds up pretty well. So, absolutely. Have you seen Indebill? No, I, same as you. I've only really? seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never actually fully seen Dude, it. Dude, if you want the stars login, let me know, man. I got you. <laughs> Check it out. Share that passcode. That stars. Come on. I'll share you this passcode. I don't care. I said it here on the podcast. Stars is all here. And us. like, we got him, boys. We got him. <laughs> <laughs> FBI shows up at your house. Sir, you signed an agreement. You can't be. We're going to hit you with a full cost this month. Sorry about that. If you're throwing out your goddamn username and password. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, Movie Pals, no, uh, episode ninety seven. Uh, James if you're is gone. In for like a kind of that kind of horror film, Nabil. It, it works out pretty yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, it's not um, one of those things like I wonder if this is a smart thing. Like, eh, it's like a monster film. I mean, <laughs> right, right, yeah. But I liked it though. It has some cool uh, things, and uh, Gina Davis is in it, and she's kind of just there. So yeah, <laughs> it works out pretty well. That's like no offense to Gina Davis, but she's kind of like that in all her movies back in the eighties and nineties. She's just kind of yeah. She, she there's a couple of films where she'd stand one out. One time in she tried to be like, don't get me wrong, like uh, League of Their Own, yeah. But then like Cutthroat Island was supposed to be her big thing in a tank. Then like, sorry, Gina, yeah. you're gonna have to go back to being a secondary character. Uh, so yeah, that's everything we've been watching. We have a variety of things that we've watched. Uh, Marco caught up on all this got the one division to build watch children's films and uh, i watched old <laughs> stuff i hadn't seen in a long time so <laughs> all right guys let's get into our 
review of the uh, for I guess this kind of continues our Ghibli Fest because it's the newest one, but uh, it's our review of the Studio Ghibli film Earwig and the Witch. You haven't ever wished family would adopt you, have you? Nope. Anybody who'd choose me would be pretty unusual. <gasps> we'll take this one. For the first time in my life, I'm being made to do something I don't want to do. Now then, let's you and I get a few things straight. My name is Bella Yaga. I'm a witch. Great! You agree that you'll teach me magic, and I agree to help you out. If you work really hard, I shan't do anything to hurt you. <gasps> A love potion for the boy next door? Look, these are pretty useless to me. The spell I believe you're looking for is somewhere towards the back. Hang on, you actually talk? All right, so... As James said, we're continuing our Ghibli Fest, and I think we are going to include this one in there because, I mean, it's, we have to, it, yeah. it's part of the studio. We might Damn. as well. Yeah, it's a 2021 release, but oh well. You know what? We're not really doing these in a specific order, really. Yeah, as of uh, the last movie or the before that, we, we actually caught up to the stuff that we had missed Yeah, miraculously. We only have like five movies left, by the way. True. In and I mean, face. since movie theaters are <laughs> shut down in our area, you know, we're... We just got to continue the tradition because we know they would. So it's, their spirit is living through us. So Earwig and the Witch, uh, it came out in 2020. It's got a <laughs> it's got a whopping Rotten Tomato score of 34%. And for the uninitiated, of course, whenever it's a low score, I always say it like that because it makes it sound more fancy and less trashy. So. <laughs> So, the plot of this one is an orphan girl, Earwig, is adopted by a witch and comes home to a spooky house filled with mystery and magic. Sure. So, even though it's a 2020 movie, it actually was released March 23rd, 2021 on HBO Max. So, that's when uh, we actually... That should be February. Sorry, I just thought about that. February. I was going to say. Oh, it's February. (laughs) Son of a Uh, bitch. That's on me, Because we're actually on March 8th. And I should have caught that, but you know, since I'm Ron Burgundy, I read everything that's in front of me. So, <laughs> <I'm> Marco? <laughs> Question mark. So, as soon as I read that too, I was like, "That date is wrong," but I didn't want to correct myself like, and James choose an even worse idiot. date. So, because knowing me, I probably just would have said May 23rd. So, anyway, <laughs> this one is directed by Goro Miyazaki, who also did Tales from Earthsea in 2006. Whoo! And from up on Poppy Hill in 2011, it's supposedly based on the novel of the same name by Diana Wynne Jones and written by Kiko Niwa, who also did The Secret World of Arietti in 2010 and Tales from Earthsea in 2006, and Emi Gunji. And the reason I said supposedly is, well, you'll see when it gets to me. So this stars Taylor Henderson as Earwig and Richard E. Grant as the Mandrake, Vanessa Marshall as Bella Yaga and Casey Moosegraves as Earwig's mother. So, oh, who do we start with? I'll go with James. Uh, what are your thoughts of this movie? 
just like you guys know, we are doing spoilers just like every Ghibli movie. So oh yeah, so we're I will we're say not because warn you. This is like the newest one, of course. So I mean, watch it at your own risk, I guess. But all the other ones have come out much in advance. But this is just something we talk about. Uh, I didn't like this one. I don't know why they went CG. It didn't work for me for the most part. I thought it looked terrible. And the plot, it just never goes anywhere, truthfully. I there's there's moments that gave me Ghibli vibes, don't get me wrong. And would you would you ask the question, can can you even say there's a plot? Yeah. Yeah, there's a plot. It doesn't go nowhere though, to... James. Yeah, that's the whole point. There's a plot, but it doesn't go anywhere. That's what I'd say. So like and it probably ends like out of nowhere. Like, okay, I mean, we're gonna get country mu- music star fucking Casey Musgraves. Have a cameo as Eric's mother, I guess, briefly. <laughs> I was like, okay, um, but for the most part, no, this didn't work for me, and I, it was a it was a disappointment because I think it's been what uh, seven years since the last Ghibli film. I'm, so, I'm gonna go yeah. by what you I think said. That's right. When Marnie was there, I think was the last yeah, one. Yeah. That was the and last one. Outside of, I mean, the Red Turtle they produced, and yeah, I think it's 2014. If I if I'm correct, or 2015, <laughs> might be one of the two. Could be wrong, but. Um, for the most part, it was uh, this is a pretty big miss for me, and I was pretty disappointed. So, right. What about you, Mister Nabil? Your thoughts on the movie? Yeah, I feel the same. It was a disappointing uh, film. The animation it, it had its moments, but I mean, as a whole, going CG. I mean, it's Studio Ghibli. I don't understand why they felt that they wanted to try this. Um, I mean, it's all I'm all for taking risks and everything, but you know, kind of takes away from the heart of of what what the studio is um and the animation that they used they kind of look plastic i mean the best it's really the stiff, best, right yeah the <laughs> best thing that i saw that was uh that was animated there was the food and you know studio ghibli does really good with the food and that look, those, those always look like, appetizing like, okay. yeah, yeah but like the rest of the stuff i was like oh, okay that seems kind of odd um yeah the, the plot was very thin um i don't you know there was there was something there especially the way it starts you get a little bit interested when it starts and then it's just a lot of middle of nothing happening you know there's there's yeah. little teases here and there but not much happens then you get a lot of momentum like right at the last 10 15 minutes of the film and then it stops it's like all right we're done and i'm like oh okay i was just getting interested i was like are they missing um, 20 minutes of the film did yeah I, did I exactly not, did i get no, it? Did the bill stayed till after the credits he's like i'm sure they're gonna show more i, 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 I like, know there's gotta be some credits here, the right? animation in the credits i was like this is how it should have been it, yeah exactly <laughs> you know, you and know, it was it was literally a freaking uh it was it a, a, a prologue it just went through and told you everything else oh said oh you finished the film via animation okay great hey what um, if we throw a time jump at you would that be cool <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah i thought it was weird to have casey musgraves here and not it's anything about her voice acting specifically but just in the context of this they're all british and you have an american country singer trying to do a british accent for the first time it's it seemed kind of weird that they were doing that um i think they just wanted what, somebody that could sing because yeah that's kind of what they like, were doing oh, she can sing i guess yeah so i thought that was just a little kind of off as far as casting choice uh so I okay. gotta say, too, guys, before we get to Marco, the dub of this is uh, fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. as good. I felt the it same way. It's not as strong up. as the And by the way, <laughs> it defaults to it on HBO Max, but there is another version on HBO Max to watch in Japanese. I was almost like, should I just watch this in Japanese? I thought the same thing. Yeah. I didn't. You know, we didn't. Yeah, it is same. on there, though. At, at first, yeah. I didn't think, but there, it is on there, so. I will say just one one good thing about it. I did I did like the character of the Mandrake. He was the most interesting. They didn't give you too much time with him, but everything that I did 
it, they would show it just wanted to know to know more it's like tell me more about his character Mysterious. so he, he was interesting but they're like nope <laughs> yeah <laughs> but no, none of it actually happened what so. about uh you marco oh i love this movie dude i think it's great it's fucking fantastic i would highly recommend anyone who wants this movie just kidding. No. Day. Fuck this movie. <laughs> I was like, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Uh, this. I'm going back to my previous statement. This is not a movie. This is a one hour and a half YouTube video. That's what it is. It's almost like a, a proof just, of concept to be like, can we make a CG movie? Right. It, exactly. Like, yeah, I, like, I, I was waiting for shit. the plot. I was waiting to see, like, what would happen. What would be reveal? There's no yeah. character arc. There's no character development. It, it's just a bunch of people... Doing things, one motion leads to the next, which leads to the next, and then abrupt ending, like Nabil, like you said, it it, it just leads to which nowhere. doesn't even it doesn't even make sense really the ending. No, yeah, there's no explanation for there's no for there's anything. No, you don't know. Yeah, there's no art to thing. be like. Bella Why Yaga she... becomes nice to her eventually. Yeah. Like, no, she's a bitch mm-hmm. the whole time, dude. Ex- exactly. Well, <laughs> so so because she learned how to be a fucking asshole like them, then they earn. Her, she earns their respect. I'm like, no, that's bullshit. That's kind of true. Yeah. Also, I actually, I think it's more like the magic just got pissed off and I'm like, can we just fucking be nice to her finally, please? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess. I well, guess. also because she got tired she, of getting disturbed. She, she was able to hold her own too, because she was able to outsmart Belyaga, and then you know she became part of the crew. But still, it it was just handled haphazardly. What was the point of the mother leaving her? I don't orphanage. know. I was like, going to just bring you, it up. You can, that whole subplot makes no yeah, sense. You can p- try to put the pieces together and say, well, that's why the band broke up. But she got pregnant by the Mandrake's child. Is that is she technically the Mandrake's kid? Were they alluding to that? I don't know. Because there was that one scene where they were in the car on the freeway and she was about to kiss the Mandrake. And then Bella Yaga swerved the car and it didn't happen. I'm like, so, so did they become a thing? I don't know. The movie just leaves you... In wonder and also disappointment. Like, you're just kind of like, what am I watching here? What the fuck is the meaning of this movie? Like, what was the point? The CG also, I agree, horrible. Like, if you're going to go that route, go all the way. Like, try to make it at least Pixar quality, you know? You might not reach that level, but but at least but that's, that's I mean, it was thing. Pixar quality in like 2002 like it was not even not, dude. not even <laughs> man this was this <laughs> was their, their experimental the shit in the 80s and Jerry Nabil. looked okay god damn it I yeah. can't trust him <laughs> it was, it was just bad the, okay. and and yeah James I'm glad you brought up the the dubbing cause man <laughs> it was just, just well, so bad it doesn't bad. feel like the the studio Ghibli quality that like I'm used to especially and it, it just blows my mind that they don't have like better, I don't. They're they're perfect animators, man. And I mean, yeah, Gourmet Zaki has probably the two lowest ranking ones with Tales of, from Earthsea in this movie. But truthfully, he he proves you guys haven't seen it yet. But from up on Poppy Hill is one of my favorite movies. So, so yeah, hopefully he, he redeems he, he himself. He knows how there. to make stuff. Yeah, it's, trust it's just, me on that. I feel like they gave him this project and were like, here, just do what you want. To like first season care. one, don't fuck it up, Goro. And I mean, I know he's his he's the son of Hayao Miyazaki, and I know he's got a lot on his shoulders, but it's like fuck man 
Yeah. Well, his just... dad doesn't care much for him, so... I mean, honestly, <laughs> Goro and Haya just need to be collaborate one time and let him learn something from his father because apparently Ayo Miyazaki just is kind of hands up. He encouraged this film. He told him to go ahead and make it in 3D and like, it's fine, but gave no other input on it. So he really should, he's you like know... He's like that, though, because he's, did he's they, also... Did they give him the budget for it? Because it doesn't feel like it. So, I don't know what the... Yeah. I, truthfully, I, I don't know what the budget was on this. They probably would have had a small budget because they usually work on smaller budgets. But yeah. if I, if I'm gonna say there is one good thing, Nabil mentioned it—the food. That's probably the only good thing. This movie yeah. made me hungry. I like the cat too. <laughs> that was Thomas. that was the only thing. Thomas yeah, yeah. I like the cat. The, he was cute. The voice acting, although the dubbing was just mixed horribly, the voice acting itself wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. It just these characters just had nothing to them. They were just empty yeah. shells. That's it. But I mean, I the voice acting was good. Yeah, I like the cat and. I, the food, the food scenes. That's it. I like when she put the ointment on him. I was like, yeah, <laughs> stinky. Mm. The the oh yeah the the whole montage of her making the potion was cool. That's probably the only highlight of the movie. If just that was a short, I would have enjoyed this. Yeah, no, that I mean, and, and it could have been. I mean, yeah. shit, we didn't need to make a whole fucking movie, but would have been fine too. Is a, if they were gonna make it like an episodic series, like something like they wanted to take a foray in television, that would have been fine too, especially with how the pacing of this film was. But yeah, to to make it a fleet feature length like this, and and again have no real res- resolution near the end, yeah, it it, it does kind of seem that way, right? Like it could have been basically like a TV movie almost. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it, it has that direct-to-DVD quality feel. I mean, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it, I mean, not enough, even joking. It looks like shit. So. Yeah, sadly enough, it had potential with the mixture of magic and music. It's something I hadn't seen before, and I'm like, this is interesting. Where is it going? And they totally dropped the ball on it, which is kind of. Sad. I don't know who the fuck they have, like the. I mean, well, we see who the writers are, but I mean, <laughs> Sigurd Arrieta was good, and then Amy uh, Gunji first movie. So I'm like, okay, I guess I gotta get. A fucking- well, these are new. These are uh, the the animators and stuff too. I read a little bit on it that they got a whole new crew for this. It, they, there's none of the old guard is on this at all. I mean, because they're working they on Hayao Miyazaki. Because I could probably do cause better. Because they're, they're working with Hayao Miyazaki right now in his new movie. That's why. So yeah. So I mean, he was he, it was a whole new cast of people doing this, yeah. getting no real input from from you know the legacy uh, workers at the, at the studios. Which so. you guys will see that, that there, there, there is another movie we're gonna watch where it was made by like the a smaller crew too, and um, they do this sometimes. Studio Ghibli does this sometimes. They take their younger animators to work on something, and sometimes it doesn't always work. So I mean, truthfully, they could bounce back from this and make a CG one that does work out really well. And yeah, I mean, it it just makes it it's just a bummer for me personally because I've waited so long to see a new Ghibli film, and we get this. And I mean, it doesn't remind me of any other films. And like, I mean, ranking wise, I'm pretty sure this is probably on the bottom for all of us. I'm assuming. I'm gonna make yeah. a call. Truthfully, yeah, not is. the worst one yet, though. So. Which um, it makes me curious about the book because like it's based on a book and that's why I was like, is it though? Is the book better? Like, is it worse? What if you is read the, the book? And it's like it's exactly the same. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> very very faithful adaptation. Very faithful. Um, I don't know. Who knows? Even like Tell from Mercy like seemed like it's intriguing because it was based on a book. Nerve, so I was like, oh, yeah, maybe. I mean, it's cool they took risks with this one, but it just didn't pay off. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, I would say it's one of those things that just didn't doesn't work. Unfortunately, so I mean, I think that's it, guys. I mean, uh, if you guys are gonna grade this one, what would you grade it? Man, I a D. That's generous. Okay, uh, Nabil. Yeah, I, I was gonna give it a D as well. Yeah, same here. D. I thought Marco's gonna go. Marco gave it an F. An F plus, <laughs> sir. Fun yeah. 
and fantastic and frolic. Well, shit, I almost went D minus. I was like, man, that that'd be kind of that'd be kind of. Nah, just all right, guys. So let's move on to our main review of Raya and the Last Dragon. All right, guys. Remember what we're looking for, and don't trust anyone. Baby, where are your parents? <laughs> hey, uh, who's baby? What? <laughs> really? A con baby? <laughs> Impressive. We could use someone like you. Yeah? Let's catch you up. My name is Raya. Our lands have been at war for as long as we can remember. Our people never see eye to eye. My daughter, I believe our people can come together again, but someone has to take the first step. Now, in order to restore peace, we must find the last dragon. I wish to join this fellowship of butt kickery. Let's go. We'll have to watch our backs. We're not the only ones looking. Six years of searching. Please let this be it. So, Raya and the Last Dragon sitting at a uh, 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. A uh, quick little description here is in a realm known as Kamandra, a reimagined Earth inhabited by an ancient civilization, a warrior named Raya is determined to find the Last Dragon. This just released on Friday, that is March 5th, 2021, uh, in theaters and on Disney Plus Premiere, so uh, it's $30 to uh, watch it, and it's unlocked on there for you. Just like uh, the previous one was Mulan, and we all know how that one went. Not good. No. Mm. So this is directed by Don Hall. He was previously directed Big Hero 6 in 2014. And Carlos Lopez Estrada, who did one of uh, my favorite films in 2018, Blind Spotting. And uh, he directed a few episodes of Legion, the show, in uh, 2019. Uh, this is uh, dire- uh, written by Kui Nguyen. Uh, this, uh, he did the show Dispatches from Elsewhere. And Adele Lim, who also co-wrote Crazy Rich Agents. So, two Asian writers. And uh, pretty uh, big cast here as well. Stars Kelly Marie Tran as Raya. Aquafina as Sisu. Gemma Chan as Namari, Isaac Wang as Bon, Benedict Wong as Tong, Sandra Oh as Verona, Talia Tran as Lil Noi, and Daniel Day Kim as Benya. Uh, so, starting with you, Nabil, what were your thoughts on the film? I thought the animation was amazing, especially compared to what we were watching before. Like the, the little palette cleanser? Yeah, the plot was original. Uh, You'd think it was going to be kind of uh, old hat kind of set up, but it actually ended up being a bit more original than I expected it to be. And uh, I thought it had a good message overall, really good representation. The fact that it was like fully all Asian set in this world, like there was... It, it was very well put together. It, it kind of almost felt like, uh, to an extent, an extension of like the Moana universe. Uh, the way they I were almost, going. my heart skipped to be when you said Mulan for a second. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> no, no, no. Moana, Moana. <laughs> I, I like that a white woman uh, directed it too. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't. Sorry. Jesus. Mulan still leaves a bad taste in my mouth, guys. Yeah, but yeah, it was it was a great film with a good message and uh, just just wonderful animation as a whole. So great to watch. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? I wanted to really love this movie. 
I was excited about it since I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, this is going to be very interesting. But I did not like this movie. I felt that the, well, I'll start with the good. The, I like the animation. I agree that the animation was beautiful. Action was f- fucking fantastic. The fight scenes were great. They had some really great panoramic shots. The voice acting was fantastic. But the dialogue, the plots, and the overall message, I think, was haphazard. I felt like this movie didn't take any risks. I felt like it played it way too safe. Like, it was too afraid to say something. I felt like the message was actually kind of weak and not filled with heart. The characters didn't earn anything, didn't learn a thing throughout the uh, the movie. And I felt like there were instances in the movie where it was close. They, the, they could have had the characters accomplish something and and actually like say like an even grander message but in the end i felt like they played it way too safe as opposed to other disney animated movies or other disney properties where where they don't play it safe and they actually like take risks and it was kind of surprising for me especially because with all the representation with like a like great representation both in the writing directing and acting for them to kind of not take any more risks with the storytelling was kind of shocking for me. And I was like, oh man, that was kind of like a missed opportunity. And and so it was kind of disappointing for me in that. And I'll, and I'll give more details uh, as to why and what those details were. But overall, it just kind of missed its mark for me. Wow. Um, I feel like we watched two different movies. I fucking I, love I this movie. Yeah. yeah, I love this. Um, you do not see a lot of um Asian representation like this, especially Pacific Islander. Yeah. Um, in anything, period. So I think as a as one of the first films to do that, it gives me a lot of pride that this was made by people of Asian descent and has an all you know Asian cast and such like that, writers and. I really loved this movie so much. I think it has a very strong message. I, I disagree with you, Marco. I think that I liked the th- story overall with the kind of theme of um, forgiveness and mm-hmm. coming together and uh, looking past past mistakes and go- moving forward in order to better civilization itself. And I think at a time like this as well, the, it's a very important message for, I think, younger audience to kind of embrace that you don't always have to hold a grudge against someone and... I, I like that. I like that quite a bit. And I think the, I mean, animation-wise, yes, animation looks perfect on this thing. I, I love the colors. I love the dragons. Um, I love Aquafina's character in this one. She's so fucking funny, Sisu. I uh, thought that throughout the film itself, as they're gaining more friends and allies, and I think right, I think that is the journey. Like Raya is, is learning that she slowly is coming together with the people that she didn't trust at all to begin with and that her dad... Uh, played by Daniel Day Kim, realizes that, hey, this is like this is a possibility. And I think uh, Sisu, the, I mean, I'll get into spoilers, I guess, but Sisu itself, right. too, teaches her as well, like, hey, you, sometimes you got to take the first step. And I, I think that's a beautiful message. So I do have to disagree, but I can see. I, I can don't see think that you can have growth, healing, and forgiveness without not holding a grudge, but accountability. There's a thing called consequences and accountability, and I felt like, 
the characters that caused damage in this movie faced absolutely no consequences whatsoever. There's always a consequence for actions. Whereas before, like other Disney properties would have those characters. There's no redemption, basically. Like they don't earn the redemption. They don't earn that forgiveness. Like forgiveness isn't free. I thought they did. Yeah, I'd I'd like to expand yeah. on that thought more, but we'll do that in spoilers because yeah. I think it involves more. So, like, I yeah. although I agree that like there should be forgiveness, there should be time for healing, there should be time for togetherness and for like unification. But at the same time, like if there's no accountability, then you're doomed to just repeat those same mistakes over and over and over again. And history has even shown that that it's like you gotta have some sort of accountability and own up to the consequences and have like pay a penance for like past mistakes before you're able to move on. Yeah. I, we'll talk about it, but I, I, I believe they do tell you the truth. So, yeah. Um, so overall then, I mean, that's story wise then, but, um, talk about things. Uh, did it remind you of any other films then directly? I feel like it's a pretty original story itself. Disney hasn't done anything yeah, like this in a while. Yeah, as far as the story, as far as yeah. the story, I think it's pretty original. Like yeah. I said, it it kind of gave me the feeling of akin to Moana in mm-hmm. a sense. Yeah, uh, just because of the whole, you know. Well, in this film, it's more about dragons and the world there. Moana's talking about, you know, obviously ancient mythological gods and things. So it's a little different in that sense, but the same kind of concept of of something that's mythical in the world and you know that's discount the world has fallen apart because they're gone and now we need to bring it back together and find a way um so that that was a similarity that i could only find a a comparison but still very much an original story for sure yeah mine you said that it reminded her of moana also to a point have you not seen moana no i haven't i need to okay yeah (laughs) that's that's a good movie too although we liked it i don't know if you will though but um, yeah, it, it, it's got that vibe, it's supposed to be Polynesian vibe from that too, I would say. Yeah. Especially the, um, kind of restoring, and I mean, that, that movie has a similar kind of, uh, forgiveness aspect to it as well, because the, um, you know, the actions in Moana where they basically have to embrace and forgive the, for the actions they did in the past as well in that one, I think mm-hmm. directly kind of correlates with this one. If it, 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 it could damn near be like a, in the same kind of universe i'd almost say but obviously not because it's based on the reimagined kind of earth and i think that's more based on like actual where we are and in the hawaiian islands and stuff like that but uh yeah so overall let's get into if you would i would assume marco you wouldn't recommend it then i would only recommend it just to like support the like the writers directors and actors the voice actors like the representation I would say, like, support that and watch it. And also the animation, uh, I think, is worth watching. Because, I mean, there there are some beautiful shots in this movie. And, again, the action sequences hit. Because those are some of the best, like, action sequences I've seen in an animated movie in a while. So, um, I would really say cool. probably yeah. wait for it to be free. Probably not rent it for 30 bucks. And what would you rate it then as well? If we're going to give it a, a grain s- scale before we get into spoilers. i give it a C-. minus. This hurts. Now, Bill, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd obviously I'd recommend it. I'd give it an A. <clears throat> yeah, I would highly recommend it. I'd recommend everybody. I'd give this an A+. Uh, let's get into our spoilers then for Raya and the Last Dragon. So if you want to hold off and hear uh, what else we have to say, 
then hold off and don't listen to us and just get Stop to the outro. Stop talking to us. Or yeah, listening take to a look us, at not the, talking. Uh, yeah, if you're talking to us, it's fine. We Sometimes <laughs> it'll match up and we'll talk talk back to you. But I would just say hold off. Just uh, take a look at it. But uh, until then, if you don't hear back from me, just go to the outro. So in the spoiler section, so we can we talk freely. I mean, um, I guess, uh, Marco, you said there's not your issue with the film. Then uh, spill it out. What do you? What, what's everything on in that one? So no one Probably faces talking any... about Namari, right? Namari. There's there's no so Namari and the Fang people basically are responsible for for everything. They they're basically the whole world got destroyed. Tong's entire village was destroyed, and. Yeah. That amount of damage, it's its one thing if it's beef between Namari and Raya only. Like that, okay. You Don't, don't really they need- say, though, that like they thought they were doing the right thing, though? That's what I'm getting at. It's like they, from their point of view, everybody's like just trying to sur- survival the fittest, right? They're like, most, hey, we just did this. But, but the thing is, like, most we evil survive. actions have, th- they start off as good intentions. Mo- most of those things. And, ignorance to that is not an excuse not to face like actions it's it's like if if you stick if you it's like sticking your hand over a flame the basic comparison the consequence is you get burned if you don't get burned you don't learn anything but also because you didn't know you were going to get burned that doesn't mean you're not going to get burned you know what i mean ignorance is not an excuse to face the consequences you still like you still have to face them to a point and and have penance and say it's like if you didn't mean to like hurt someone's feelings and stuff they still have a right to be upset with you and say hey man you got to earn you know my apology like the apology back because that was a pretty dickish thing well take that dickish thing and times it by a thousand and that's what namari did it wasn't just a beef between her and raya which would have been something totally different and it's like okay it was just a beef between her and you know she hit her and hurt her and said some like hurtful things no, she caused massive death, and so did her mother. And like, yeah, well, everyone they turn into like, stone. No one technically dies by the way in this. But way, so you know. true. No, so, right. And again, like, no one faces any consequence. Raya's father. comes Well, I back. think the whole point the, is because they they the whole point is that Caesar says someone has to take the first step. Though, it's about for, the whole movie's about forgiveness. It is. That's it what is. The whole but point forgiveness, for, forgiveness. You can't just like. Forget See, Marco, about you would be stuff. the person that would not have been like, <laughs> "Let me turn into stone to prove a point." You'd be like, "Fuck this person." They'd be like, "No, no it's, it's not that." And the world That's, would be okay. doomed. Here's here's an example of redemption. This is what I'm getting at. Here's a here's an example of an actual true redemption and actually learning and becoming someone. Like if Namari saw like that by you. Let's just say this. So the spirit of the dragons, the whole ball is broken, right? So like the only way to use the power is to bring it back together. However, the the ball is broken. Yeah. So because it's broken, how about have it that the power is reacts different now because it's been broken? Boom, there's a consequence. You can still use it, but it's going to be different. What's going to happen? Well, when Amari uses the it, whole point? it's hold on, let me finish. When she uses sorry, it, just, then the country okay. of Fang would go underwater. Her people would still be alive, but their whole country would be gone. So what do the rest of Kumatra do? They say, hey, come live with us in Kumatra. You can spread out everywhere. And so what does the rest of the people do? Yeah, but they you're changing to... the plot, Marco. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. But that, that, I don't understand where you're going. We're trying to tell you an exact... 
It's adding you a consequence, You just brought up something James. that has nothing to do with the movie, though. You just were like, what if this happened? Like, yeah, but it didn't. This is what happened. And this is why we're trying to tell you, like, this but is why But that's what I'm saying. That's what, but I'm saying what I'm saying is what would add a consequence is that would add a consequence and a redemption. Wasn't she the consequence of them turning on a stone, though? And then yeah, I having think that them being isolated combine? and being alone, that, I mean, that, yeah, that's the whole irreversible. thing. irreversible. Hi guys, so uh, this is probably random, but uh, the recording stopped midway through there. So <laughs> I, pr- I promise you, mommy and daddy aren't fighting. We're just yeah. we're just butting heads over this. But uh, Nabil, you you had something you were saying. I don't know if you recall. Or I, not. I was. Yeah, I was going to bring up the point regarding. He's like Cinderella is a good movie. <laughs> I mean, that is the Black good. Cauldron. Is one of the many masterpieces. It's a classic, underrated classic. As James <laughs> Can I mention one thing? Black Cauldron yeah. is kind of hard to find on Disney Plus. It's there, but it's like hidden. Old. They it's, don't it's, want you watching it. They even hide it in the vault of that film. And yeah, they're like, like, please don't watch this. But Nabil, what were you going to say? <laughs> no, so I was going to bring up the point about Namari and how that. Yeah. In fact, the whole all of Fang, they we know that they ended up. Uh, causing you know everybody basically turning back into stone and and right. I don't remember what the darkness thing is called those monsters but they they were sacrificing that you know they they were risking being isolated from the rest of the world and that they brought that plague upon everyone I mean that is the that is the conflict there and so when you go in through mm-hmm. what the redemption is because they all end up losing somebody including Namari she loses her her mother and then you know her and Raya. Uh, get into a fight, and obviously they throw down because they even mentioned that Raya's got uh, she's she's fighting for it, it, she's got vengeance on her mind, 
you know, trying to fight for it. She's blinded by everything else that's going around them, and they both see what's happening. And she, as Sisu keeps trying to bring up the whole time, takes the first step in trust. And that, which is why I say that, you know, it's it, it's a different take on from what other films is, because instead of Raya being the the person who saves everybody, she she she's the first one to sacrifice herself. She gives up the stone to put trust into Namari, and but she was and I didn't expect do that, that anyway. I mean, the, I mean, it's 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 pretty much like that's her character. She was gonna do that anyway, and the growth she has from losing her father gets pretty much wiped off when he comes back, because it's like, can you imagine if in The Lion King, if Mufasa comes back at the end? that kind of ruins the growth that that character experienced over the years and the character that they've, that they've become. Um, and, would... and, and Namari Nam- losing her, her mom, like that's, like I said, Tong lost his entire village, his entire country. You know what I mean? Well, I, she was I losing like the village in front of her. Like the, her whole people right in front of her were, were you know, that turning was, into that was going to happen regardless though. That's the thing. Like it wasn't anything that that was. But that's. I mean, that's the growth like, in the character she, right there, showing that that that's happening in front of her. She's she's being impacted by that pretty immediately. We're just seeing it as it happens. I don't. I don't understand why seven years, there's a difference. Seven years later, too. She, yeah. yeah. The th- well, the thing is, like she, they weren't really that impacted because they were protected by the water, which kept the demons away. So they were actually pretty safe and isolated. It was everyone else that was pretty much being affected. Her mother even said so because her mother was like, well, the waters protect us, so we're fine. It's everybody else that paid the price. They paid no price, which is why I said something had to happen to where they were like to earn their penance. I'm all like for the forgiveness. I'm all for the moving on and everything, but it has to be earned. You know, you can't just be basically you can't just be a freaking asshole all the time and expect people to just forgive you off the willy nilly. That's not going to happen. That's not a real message to real life. It's basically saying you could be an asshole all day long to everybody and everyone's just going to be like, oh, it's all good, bro. Realistically, all three of us wouldn't even like accept that, you know, like and that's basically what I got from like the Fang people was like they were pretty much being dicks the entire time. And then everybody was like, ha it's all good, bro. Don't worry about it. You saved us even though you caused it. You're not going to face any consequences, though, because you brought us back. And that's not realistic. Like it. It, it should have been earned basically is what I'm saying. Like it should have been like, I mean, you know, it's, and it's not holding a grudge. It's accountability. Hell we get held accountable every day at work. You know what I mean? Like there's just account. The, the, the accountability I I is a thing, you know take what I mean? Like that, like, I, guess. I can, it's, I can see how you take that, but yeah, I would like, think, I think the majority of people will not agree with you, Marco. I'm just saying, but I, I appreciate your, yeah, your opinion on it is what I'm getting. At. I don't want to yeah, like, heads about no, it. No, yeah, no. Like, I mean, I, even my niece, I agree like with, she, yeah. she even brought up the fact, like, and she's only 16, and she was like, "So they didn't learn a lesson." And I was like, "I, I don't know. Apparently not. Like, they just kind of swept it under the rug." And the thing is, like, if you do that, then you're bound to just repeat the same mistakes over and over again because yeah. you yeah. didn't address it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a hopeful message that I felt could have been stronger if if that had happened like and i felt like other movies like even frozen 2 did it better like there was a consequence uh, like a real consequence and there was healing after you know they faced the bad things that they did and the bad things that happened and they paid the price for it and then there was healing like and that is the process of of like real healing and like really like addressing like what happened 
rather than just saying like, no, you know what? We're just going to like, sorry, I hit my mic. We're just going to like pretend like it didn't happen. And then we're just going to be okay. And that's I guess I just didn't see it that way. That's all I'm getting at. I I felt like they, they do learn lessons. I do feel that there's character growth. And I mean, Raya with her dad, I mean, just your, I don't think that Lion King reference is really good because I, you know, Simba knows Mufasa is dead and won't come back. Raya right. knows she can save her dad, and that's her whole point of her quest. You know, it's a hero's journey. So, yeah. And um, I don't know. It just worked for me. I know it didn't work for you, Marco. I know you yeah, wanted more you accountability, know. but I think for what I saw and what I what I ga- gathered from it, I didn't take it as in that way. I felt like uh, it has a good message overall. Is what I I'm getting at. I agree with Nabil. So that makes sense. So I'm pretty. I mean, well, shit. Maybe you would want to see a sequel then, Marco. Where, like, people, because, I mean, you know, Namari and her mom are kind of scared of, like, people are going to blame us for everything and right. blah, blah. So maybe in a sequel, would you would you want to see guess, a sequel where there more yeah, accountability I guess, I guess on I, that? I, yeah, I guess I would have wanted to see a more redemption story by Namari. It's like, hey, like, don't be afraid, Namari. Like, they are going to forgive you. It's just, like, you just got to earn it, girl. That's it. Like, you just got to yeah. do, you know, it's going to be okay. It's scary at first to face consequences. When you get, quote unquote, in trouble. Yeah, of course it is. No one wants to get in trouble. But I mean, unfortunately, it has to happen. And then we're good. And then you've learned a lesson. I almost feel like in an epilogue, we would would have seen something more of this. Like like in an eventual sequel, you would see like people... Against the the, oh, the fang fang yeah the fang or or even it's a fang even, they would like yeah. re, you know animosity toward them regardless of the happy ending that this one gives off but I I think yeah. I did like that scene where they do like you said Nabil like it's one of those things where they sacrifice themselves and Namari becomes the hero at the end to you know stand up and prove to them like you can trust me finally and yeah I like that so and then plus you know the dragons shit the dragons. the dragons. Yeah, they look also, cool. I and this has nothing to do with the message, but I kind of wish they wouldn't have hide hidden Sisu too much because she was technically the solution to everything. And it's just like, hey guys, here's the dragon. She's here to save us all. Because as soon as she showed Sisu think, to everyone, yeah. everyone was like, oh snap, it's on. We're we can come back. I, well, I think early on it's because Raya is uh, doesn't want to lose Sisu and get her in David because Raya is living. Mm-hmm. I mean, once again, this is this is once with their arc. Like she just doesn't trust anyone and yeah it's one of those things are especially when they go to that uh, water town where they find a uh, little noi and the leader is actually like turns in uh sisu and is like kicking her out like to where everybody turned his stone and she kind of realizes like man people aren't as nice as i thought maybe and i think it's a learning thing and then raya kind of points out like this is why you can't trust people but then but then eventually she has to turn around and she has to trust total strangers so yeah right. it makes sense like you can trust. You just got to be wary about it, type of thing. Yeah, I mean that's like real life. You know? Yeah. So yeah, that's that's fun. Um, it's good to just let it out, you know. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I like the bill. Anything I else? Again, I like the animation. The animation is freaking fantastic. No, I mean, and we can't always agree on things, so that's why I'm yeah. like, hey, it happens. So. Minabil and I enjoyed it a lot. Marco found the faults in it that he found, but I mean, hey, I get it. So. It's one of those things yeah. where, like I said, I think for the majority, most people will actually still enjoy this movie. So if you want to watch it, hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything uh, last, Nabil? Anything else? Yeah. Um, 
Aquafina and Sisu, perfect pairing. I mean, when oh, they God. showed Sisu, yeah. I was like, that's Aquafina for sure. And then Same here. they showed the human version of her. I was like, so much. Nailed it. Aquafina has turned into one of my favorite actresses, by the way. Ever since Same seeing here. her first in uh, the disastrous fucking Ocean's 8, I didn't know what to make of her because that was the first <laughs> thing I ever saw her in. I was like, fuck, you know? And I mean, I think we were rated. Did we, re- we did that one, right? We did. I yeah, think we, we did, did, yeah. Oh, my God. We did all of them, actually. Yeah. I, we did all of them. Actually, she's become one of my new favorite actors too. Like, yeah, I don't. But then I don't think this is. I also disagree. I don't think this is one of her best. I really liked her in really? Uh, the Farewell a lot. Yeah, and also, she's good in there. Yeah. yeah, there was another. She but was knowing really her good comedy in, um, style, though, like this fits her so fucking well. That's why I it, thought it. Yeah, it really fit well her. I just wish her lines were better. It's not her fault. It was just the writing. Like, she, I think she did the best she could with what she had. I thought you brought a lot of brevity to it. I thought Kelly, she was pretty funny too. myself. Kelly Marie Tran surprised me. I didn't even recognize her. She did a fantastic job as as uh, Raya. See, between the two, I would say I would like Aquafina more. I like Aquafina more, but I thought Kelly Marie Tran was fine in here. And uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Disney I had to throw her bone after too, the Star Wars fiasco. I get it, man. I thought like, she was hey. fine in Star Wars too, but you know, apparently it's a hot topic issue. So we it's won't. it's a the, oh, the writing, I mean, dude. You know, sometimes it's the yeah. poor writing. You know, not not necessarily the actor's fault. You know. Yeah, she just got in a shitty situation where one director promised her one thing, and the next one came in and said, "No, nope." And no, again, no, like the voice acting just, was good in the movie. Benedict Dong, it was Benedict Wong was good. Uh, Game of Chan yeah. was good. Isaac Wang was good. Yeah, um, everybody was cool. Yeah, I liked it though. But like came. I said, um, I thought it worked well. I thought I really liked Aquafina. So, so yeah, that's our review of Raya and the Last Dragon. Good times on Disney Plus, right? <laughs> uh, so thanks again, guys, for listening. Feedback, response, reviews. We got a lot of stuff on um, on social media recently. Thanks for that, especially on Twitter. Building that up a bit. So thanks, guys, for uh, hitting us up. We know certain people are out there knocking out the whole goddamn James Bond uh, series right now. So that's a surprise. Power to you. Yes, I saw that tweet. And I was journey. like. I was like, actually, good memories. So I was like, nice. But the fact that you missed it on Prime, yikes! So, <laughs> dang. We watched we watched most of them on that, but then eventually, yeah. like, we gotta buy these motherfuckers. Uh, Marco, let them know how they can reach us. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or like James said, on Twitter at Movie Pals Pod. Also, if you use Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher. Hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Leave a comment, leave a like, let us know your thoughts. Also, if this is the first time listening to us, welcome. Thank you for giving us this opportunity and giving us this chance. Do yourself a favor, write us a review. Let's get back up to five stars. Just let us know what you like, what you don't like, or even talk about a movie. So tune in next time, guys, for episode 95, where we're going to be diving into the Zack Snyder's Justice League, the new HBO Max re-release, question mark? Yes. Reimagining? We made it happen, boys. Cut together. Extended Uh, edition? Extended slash director slash rated R (laughs) cut. So uh, that should be interesting. So two weeks from now, we'll uh, talk about that. Let's see how that plays out. So um, until then, though, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. Have a good one.